All right, Phil, let's do it. Episode 46, bring us in. <laughs> Can you fucking believe it? Yeah, it's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I think that was probably a pretty bad impression, but whatever. Well, you know, it, they can't all be good. <laughs> I mean, we've done like... God damn it, but they all should be. <laughs> right, well, we've done like 45 of them. I mean, you can't, you know, you got to run out after I'm trying a while. not to repeat myself. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, I mean, at this point, I can't remember what I, I've done. I can, I can probably imagine that we... At some point, I've had a Christopher Walken opening, I would imagine. Probably. And I'm thinking... I haven't know, done a Rodney Dangerfield. Maybe I should try that sometime. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll keep it... <laughs> You're like, what? I don't yeah. think so. No, I just... No, I'm just saying, <laughs> well, wait, you know, keep it in the bank, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Like I said, episode 46, this one's been a little delayed. That's probably my uh, fault once again, just because I'm building driveways. So and busy. I know. Well, hey, building a driveway takes a while, you know? <laughs> if you That's, do it wrong, no. If you do it right, oh. just like anything else, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Ah. I'm getting back to my old form already. Indeed, sir. Indeed, indeed, sir. And well played, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you went right into Ed McMahon there for a second. <laughs> Well, not really, but okay. Okay, well, that's maybe not intentionally, but yeah, yeah. we did. Okay, anyway, whatever. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's just, shoot this fucker. <laughs> let's shoot this fucker. Um, oh, I watched that, by the way, the other day. I forgot I to tell you. Oh, that's the best. You guys are wasting your life making shit. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me that whiskey. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway. How do you turn this thing on? <laughs> no one gives two fucks for Bella. It's like I'm, not going, I'm not I going... I say that all the time. I'm not going near that goddamn thing. One of those things burned me on Pride Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Disembodio loves it. I like that. Oh. Anyway, okay, so, by the way, that was Ed Wood, um, in case anybody hasn't seen it and memorized it like we have. Indeed. All right. So... Let's start off with the bang here. Uh, let's do the theatrical movie that we have seen between us, which would be for you, The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Indeed. The ape picture, as my brother says. Of the, of the, twice. What's that about? But whatever. No. Oh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Well, okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, what I'll, an interesting bon mot. Uh, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Rise of the Planet of the Apes, starring James Franco, directed by no one I know. <laughs> what are we going into right morning? I know, voice? yes. Traffic on the 405 bath this morning. You might want to avoid it. This is Pee Wee and the Fart coming at you. Oh, I don't know where to. Pee Wee and the Fart. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the fart. <laughs> then that must make you Pee Wee, buddy. <laughs> That's better than the fart. I don't know. I'm just thinking I just, of it. You know, envision some cartoon bubble of fart. Oh, great. That'll be our cover art for this episode. Anyway. Anyway. The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. James Franco and Frida Pinto, named after... Uh, <laughs> Maybe she's a fart. Oh. oh okay, anyway. I'll let, I'll let you talk. Um, who else? Brian Cox, the guy from Harry Potter, and uh, <laughs> well, who isn't from Harry Potter? That's an English the, the actor. The blonde kid. Who, who, oh, the, the Malfoy, Malfoy kid. Yes. Yeah, okay. 
He's really bad in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Um, and surprise, like I didn't even really know it until I saw him on the screen. John Lithgow. Oh yeah, I saw him in the trailer. I, no? I didn't. Oh okay. Lithgow. I think you're pronouncing his, it wrong. It's Lithgow. Um, he plays his, uh, James Franco's Alzheimer-stricken father. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's real light subject matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the world plus an Alzheimer's patient. Indeed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a pretty good movie. It's uh, certainly better than Tim Burton's uh, oh, well, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I could make a Planet of the Apes movie that would play better than that. <laughs> um, so, let's see. I will say this. <clears throat> James Franco should be retired. You think? Yeah. They put him out to pasture? I, I think so. I think, or or at least he just needs to stop doing this shit for cash. Sure. Because he just, when he's not interested, you can tell. It shows up. Hello like, Academy Awards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really want to be here and you guys can really suck it. You know <laughs> but I mean? hey, where's my money? Exactly. So he's, you know, he's all right, but he's... Uh, more than a little wooden throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, though, for me, with James Franco, is that I thought that he was pretty wooden in the Spider-Man movies, too. And exactly. it, it didn't seem to me... I didn't get the impression that he didn't want to be there exactly, but just that he wasn't, like, really I think, into it. Uh, that, well, that's what I mean. Um, you can tell when the guy's on, you know, you go watch Pineapple Express or, sure. or maybe Date Night and he's yeah, yeah. having fun and he's energetic yeah. and, and you can see it in his eyes. But in movies where he's just not interested, it's yeah. just, it's just like a cardboard wall. Right. Well, it's kind of too bad too. I think he's You're right. Well, it's kind of <laughs> too bad too, because he's, I think he's a really pretty good actor. When he wants to be sure. Well, I um, could be a pretty good actor if I didn't. Or I could be a pretty bad actor if I didn't want to be. <laughs> but um, Planet of the Apes. So essentially, it's a pretty simple story <clears throat> of the guy is, because of his, his father has Alzheimer's, he wants to develop a cure for Alzheimer's. So he develops this drug that, uh, you know, creates pathway, pathways in the brain. Um, and it's a virus. That's never good. I know, right? And uh, <laughs> so they're testing it on monkeys, and um, the monkey goes crazy, and so they put down all the monkeys, except the monkey that went crazy wasn't really crazy. Um, she just had had a baby, which apparently no one noticed. Yeah, but uh, you know what? That'll make you crazy. Indeed. And I would know. <laughs> hey. Um, so they, James Franco takes the baby home, names it Caesar, figures out that his drug really did work, and uh, starts giving it to his father. Um, and does he rise as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah of course. It's the rise of John Lithgow. Um, I would watch that movie. The rise of the planet of the John Lithgow. <laughs> definitely watch that movie. A bunch of dancing, singing weirdos with bald pates who are like six six. Right, exactly. They, they were once in Buckaroo Banzai. Um. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, monkey madness ensues. <laughs> I was trying to get it. That was a drinking. spit take, almost. Almost. Um, I'll get it someday. You will. Um, but I think the movie, uh, the movie overall, it's, you know, 
it's one of those things like um, break do you, breakdown. Do you remember breakdown that? with Kurt Russell? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and, and uh, Anna yeah. Quinlan. Was that what, who it was? I thought what, it was what um, is her name Kate Quinlan. I can't remember. Anyway. Oh, that yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, I think it's Kate Quinlan. Oh, oh, whatever. Um, anyway, all um, you breakdown fans, send us an email. <laughs> but but it's one of those movies where it's. It's solidly made, and it proceeds from point A to point D pretty efficiently. Right. Um, and because it, you know, because it, you're stacking it up against some shit. <laughs> the Planet of the Apes like, movies? Holy shit, for a summer movie, this is really great. Oh. But for a good movie, it's not. Okay. Well, I gotta ask you, though. How were the special effects? Because all I've ever heard, well, not ever, but all I've heard about it is, that, oh my god, these special effects are like, Sixth generation, they're the best you've ever seen, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, you know, I with mean, the apes talking to people and stuff. Well, they well, whatever, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, emoting. Yes. Um, I'll say that the special effects are pretty darn good. It's certainly the best I've ever seen hair animated. They always say that that's the the hardest thing to animate is hair. Hmm. Um, well, because you know it has it all has to move right. around and everything. Sure. Um. I thought eyes were the hardest thing to animate. Well, they're the hardest thing to give emotion to. That's what okay. Bob Zemeckis found out. Do you, you know, think? Like the four times in a row. Dead eye movies. Yes. Um, but uh, but no, I mean the special effects are great. There's not a hell of a lot of payoff to the movie, so for me, it, it felt more like a drama with some monkeys in it. You know, <laughs> like like yeah. really. It, I no, mean, I, I get what you mean. You know, there there's not some action packed finale. The action packed finale is about ten minutes. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I mean I it's just an interesting... I mean, it's a pretty interesting movie, and it's better than most of the other summer movies that have come along. Right. But it's not that great. Okay. It's not like, you know, A++ entertainment. It's it's solid B+, plus A- minus okay. entertainment. Well, that's Planet of the Apes, though. I mean, that's what Planet of the Apes always was. Well, Planet of the Apes was solid, like, C- minus entertainment. Sure. You know, lazy Sunday afternoons entertainment. Sure, you watch it on Channel 2, which, uh, you know, when I think they had, expect... or TBS when they had eight marathons. Right, exactly. You know, it's like it's not, you're not watching Planet of the Apes going, it's Shakespeare or something. <laughs> you know. But, I, um, yeah, I mean, I can easily recommend it as a summer picture. It's pretty, it's, it's better than most anything else you're going to see this summer, I think. Fair enough. So. All right. Well, there you go. I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll do a follow. We do follow-ups all the time, which actually seems to be uh, a good thing in that, you know, once, like, if anybody's actually listening to this, you hear it once, and then you hear one side of it, and then you hear the other side of it, and then, you know, debate ensues. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of follow-ups, though, here's a good one, because uh, it's a follow-up to one we did before, and it's also a summer movie, The A-Team. Oh, yes. You just now saw the A-Team, am I right? I did just now see the A-Team. Well, no, just now. Like three weeks what, ago, right after not the like, last Not podcast. like five minutes before so we I'm sitting, here thinking, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, God, who was in that movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, the A-Team. Um, poor Joe Carnahan. Like, I, you know, I remember watching NARC and thinking, like, this guy could go someplace. Oh, sure. But he went to the A-Team. Well, well... Yeah, okay. It was, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll have my opinion on it, but go ahead. Yeah, I know. I remember your opinion of it. You thought it was pretty good, right? Mm. Or at least entertaining? I thought it was fun. And I also thought... I did not. No? I did not in any way, shape, or form enjoy that movie. Wow. I found it 
like, like, it breached the bounds of my considerable sense of disbelief that I can bring to a movie. You know, I can be like, okay, I'll go with that. This movie, I was like, what the fuck, really? Well, wasn't that kind of the point, though? (laughs) (laughs) I'm, but that's not, the original show was not that way. That's true. You know, no, they're trying to fly that tank. <laughs> like, I, I sat there going, like, Jessica Biel, why are you in this movie? Well, like, there is absolutely, oops. Oops, there did is I spike it? Yes, you did. Okay. There is absolutely no reason for her character to exist in that film. Um, uh, well, except for you could actually, you could imagine in your mind Bradley Cooper and Jessica Biel having sex and having the most beautiful baby ever made in the world, ever. Two pretty people don't make, always make ugly babies. Example, Rumor Willis. <laughs> They don't always make ugly babies, or do they do always make ugly? They babies? almost always okay, make okay. ugly babies. No, you're right though. I get um, that, but but the, no, I mean, uh, I just I you know I like Liam Neeson, but you, I mean that guy was he's slumming it in that picture. I mean he's been slumming it a lot lately though. Yeah, for whatever reason, you know, I don't know if he's got mortgages to pay or alimony. <laughs> right, know. maybe he just got divorced. Uh, well, no, he didn't. His wife died, but okay. Oh, ouch. <laughs> My apologies, Liam Neeson. Yes. I didn't know that. Natasha Richardson was like big news when she hit her head while skiing in Montreal. Oh, okay, now I remember. Thanks for bringing this podcast down a notch, Phil. Anyway, well, I've got to inform our listeners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I, I, I just sat there going like, I've seen most of this shit done better elsewhere, and the story was threadbare, to say the least. The story was, it was, I think the story was a little, honestly, a little convoluted. Uh, not necessarily, maybe threadbare in the sense of that it didn't totally hold together all the way, but in the sense, I was like kind of going, there was a few times when I was watching, I kind of had to sit there, and I'm never... I, I'm pretty good at following, you know, plots and yeah. movies and stuff. I mean, shit, I've sat through Memento and figured out what was going on. Uh-huh. But there's a couple times where I'm like, what? Oh, what? Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. But um, I think that, honestly... I mean, you're talking to a guy who understood Mission Impossible the first time I saw it. You liar, Phil. No, I didn't. <laughs> um, and that, this movie occasionally confused me. I was like... Um, so, okay, that guy is, like, supposed to be... Everybody knows he took these counterfeiting plates, but he's that easy to find, and why in eight years has nobody gone to get him? Right. Well, it's because they're the A-team, Phil. Do you have a problem? And if you can find them, you can hire the A-team. Anyway... And I did, there were a lot of people... I, I mean, you know, the, the Mr. T guy was just... And uh, the what, the character I was the uh, to me the weakest character in the movie, mm-hmm. besides maybe Jessica Biel, who you probably right didn't really need to be there so much. Yeah, was the Mr. T character Quentin Rampage Jackson? Indeed, he basically just got to yell and blow shit up. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, hey, anybody can do that. <laughs> he did I, actually channel Mr. T at one point, one line yeah, in the movie. Remember when he's like, you just dropped my pl- uh, my. Or you just wrecked my van, fool! I mean, he sounded just like Mr. Yeah. T. I did like the uh, the cameo by the original um, Dirk Benedict, yes. buddy. Yes. Um, he, what does he say? What do you do about the tan on the face? He's like, don't touch it. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I actually rewatched it not too long ago because it's been on <laughs> Cinemax like ad nauseum lately. Yes. And I, I had actually forgotten that, really? that he was in there. And I went, <laughs> oh, wait, that's Dirk Benedict. <laughs> I think I rewound it. <laughs> you um, probably, but no, huh? I, I, I just, sometimes it went so far over the top that I'm like, I, I just, I just can't go there. Yeah. You know, like the ending, I mean, and I know it's a CIA operation, but I'm like, really? Nobody is noticing this giant burning ship on the docks. <laughs> right. Like, they've just sunk a ship at the L.A. docks, and nobody cares. Like, that's not a big deal or anything. Yeah, well, I know what you mean. I do. I just think that, uh, for me, it was like, um, the reason I, I liked it more than you did, I, obviously, is that I thought it was fun. I mean, I thought it was, uh, you know, it's one of those movies, it's like, okay, watch it. Nobody goes into Transformers expecting to see, you know, <laughs> well, that, Citizen Kane. And that, that's definitely true. But but for me, fun has to... There's a very um, thin line between fun and ridiculous. Sure. Well, sometimes and, ridiculous can be fun. And right, maybe right, that's right. what I felt more than you did. This, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I love the original show. I did not remember it having any of those vibes. Sure, I get that. I do. And you know who I did really like, though, and I think and I hope that you will agree with me, is the guy that played uh, Murdoch. Charlton Copley. The guy from uh, District 8. District 9. District 9. Did I say 8? No. Uh-huh. Good on me. <laughs> um, I thought he was really good, actually. I liked him a lot. I didn't. I was like, wow, um, that's a come down. Jeez. Well, we're that's pretty a... far apart on this particular film there, Phil. Yes. But that's I okay. I knew we would be. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I, I watched it with a little hope, but it was quickly dashed. Well, you know, and, and I think that I actually gave it a lot less credit just because it was the A-Team than I thought I might have. Yeah. Like, I might have said, well, it's the A-Team, of course it's going to be cool, but I liked it better <laughs> than than that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever. Meh. That's, you know... Meh. Meh. I think that was a pretty predictable review for me. You know, me watching the <laughs> yeah. probably not gonna like it. Yeah. Whatever. Well, you know, it's. It but is I have my days. We'll get to another one later, and you will be surprised. Okay. Well, let's do that then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So uh, now you saw a movie I saw back in March. Okay. Right. I guess what movie are you talking about? We've seen a bunch of different or a bunch of the same movies this week. No, uh, a little bit. Oh, Red State. Yes. Red State. Okay. This is a long callback. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I was thinking because we had seen in this particular episode, we've seen a bunch of the yeah, same yeah. movies. It's very so. unusual. I know, right? So, um, yes, I did see Red State. I watched it on VOD before it comes out in theaters, <laughs> uh-huh. which actually in the, this particular movie, I thought didn't particularly hurt it so much. No, it's not a, it's not a necessary big screen movie. Sure, sure. Um, and I, here's the thing. There's a little bit of a backstory here. I have been hearing about this movie every day, practically, for a long time. Because I listen to a bunch of the Smodcast podcasts, uh, which is Kevin Smith's podcast little network. Right. And they constantly talk about it on there. On, on a bunch of those. So I was thinking, oh man, you know, I think this looks good. And I looked up the trailer when it first came out and I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. It doesn't look like, I mean, it obviously doesn't really look like a Kevin Smith film or whatever. But I watched it and I kept hearing all these people going, oh, it's it's fucked up, man, you know, and all this stuff. And 
it's oh man, it's it's uh, it's intense and whatever. And I liked it, but I didn't get the vibe of like, oh, that's fucking intense and that's fucked up and yeah, I didn't, you know, I was like, I liked it, yeah, and it really wasn't a Kevin Kevin Smith movie, right? Uh, you know, in the sense of what they were before. But I, I mean, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I thought that I, when I was watching it, I'm thinking, oh my God, we're in for some shit, you know. Yeah. But that didn't necessarily really happen. I think that what yeah. people were yeah. reacting to was that a lot of the characters got killed off when you weren't expecting them to. Right. Um, and in some ways, that sounds like what I said at the time, which was, um, you know, I like this movie but I don't think it gets to the place where people who are fans who are waiting for this movie are wanting it to actually get to. And when I saw in the theater, a lot of people were infusing their own emotion right. into scenes that didn't have that emotion. Right. Well, see, for me, I think, and I can see, and see, I think that there would be a big difference seeing it with a, a room full of Kevin Smith real enthusiasts and stuff like that. Rather than just watching it as a movie. Right. And um, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. And in fact, I thought it was um, possibly his best movie. Uh, I don't know. Certainly I, one of, you know. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, possibly in the top three by far, for sure. Better than James Bond, probably. Nothing's better than James No. I think his, for me, if I had to, if I gun to my head, I would say his best three movies to me are uh, Dogma, Chasing Amy, and Red State. I think that's hard to argue with. Yeah, but I think anyway, most people would come yeah, up with those. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that um, I can see there's a big difference between if you saw it in a theater full of Kevin Smith like fanatics, yeah, as opposed to just watching it like I did at home on you know VOD uh -huh. and whatever. And I liked the movie. There was a couple of scenes, though, that took me out of it just a little bit where I went, okay, that's really Kevin Smith. Like, there was a couple of scenes, and I can't, and I'm trying to remember a specific example where the dialogue was a little bit, just a little bit overwritten. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it didn't take me out of, an, out of it enough to not like the movie. And, you know, I actually appreciated the fact that there was characters like you kind of went, this is going to be sort of this, this, uh, you know, uh, familiar story structure. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You try to throw some curveballs in there. Right. And then for the most part, you, you know, there was a couple of times when I went, whoa, okay, you know. <laughs> um, but then one thing I will say, too, is that after a while, because of the fact that there was characters that got killed off and or whatever that you didn't expect, you kind of expected to not expect it. Right. And it was almost like he overused it just a little bit. Uh-huh. And, you know, that didn't take me out of it much either. I say that I, overall, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was, um, it was, uh, it was a well-made movie. And it's funny because there's movies of his, specifically, as we're talking about Kevin Smith movies, that look much cheaper yeah that had a lot bigger budget yeah than red state red uh -huh. state was like four million dollars yep and uh that movie looks like it cost more money than practically half of his movies <laughs> that had much. 10 times the budget of that almost yeah so i mean i enjoyed it i really i did and uh i don't you know i didn't have any specific real 
complaints about it or whatever. I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good, and I thought it was actually, uh, yeah, you know, pretty, uh, you know. And most people think Kevin Smith, and they go, you know, fart jokes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, a, I thought it was a pretty adult movie, and it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it dealt with some things. I know. I'm, for stuff, for so. me, I mean, uh, the what's his name, Michael Parks. That performance mm-hmm. is like worth the price. Oh yeah, no, he was great in it, and um, what's her name, Melissa Leo was yeah. really good in it too. <laughs> um, and the, and I will say too that I I don't I was a little surprised to see that John Goodman he uh, yeah I was thinking oh boy John Goodman he's gonna do the Dunkin' Donuts mush mouth type of weirdness or whatever but he really <laughs> didn't no no you know, he was fine I thought he was pretty good in it and I I I can't remember I can't remember. Thinking that there was a weak performance in it, I thought that the performances pretty much across the board were good. Yeah, I I had no problem with the movie except except what you already mentioned, kind of the audience expectations of it. Sure. Well, <laughs> especially might... especially in that audience that I saw it with, they've been listening to the same podcast you had. Sure. They you know they were expecting something and they gave it to themselves. Right. Well, and the problem too is that it's like you know. If you listen to somebody talk about something literally for months and months and months, you expect to be blown out of the back of the theater. And it's like, that's not really going to happen with any movie unless it's like one of the best movies ever made. Right. Which, and, you know, taking nothing away from the movie, that's just not going to be the case. 99.9% sure, I'm of the time. I'm a, I've seen thousands of movies. That's only happened to me, you know, 10 times. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a case of maybe over, like, over expectations right. or something like that. And Kevin Smith fans tend to be very fanatical. You know, I know every line of every movie you've ever made. And I've listened to Smodcast, <laughs> every episode of Smodcast, 17 times. And it's like, I mean, really? I know. I so, know. I've, I've met those people. I saw them interact with him. It was a bit yeah, it was weird. it's weird to listen to some of those Q&As that he does yeah. and stuff. And people are like... It's almost like a Shatner type of thing with the Star Trek guys. Yeah. You know? Get a life. Move out of your parents' basement. You know, whatever. <laughs> so, you know, that's my, that's my take on Red State. I, I like the movie. I thought it was good. And um, I, honestly, I, I, it disappoints me just slightly that he says, well, I'm going to quit the movie business a little bit. Because I think that that particular movie... Was, was showing that, you know, hey, he can do a good movie, you know, yeah. a real good. Uh-huh. And not that I don't like his other movies because I, they make me laugh, but it's <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah. You know, well, so, and I'm sure that was kind of the point, you know, but whatever. I like it. Uh, as far as I know, from what, you know, little I know of the guy, he's doing two movies he always wanted to do, and after that it's done. Well, it's actually one movie that's going to be split into two a la Kill Bill. Well, no, one of them was Red State. The other one's the hockey thing. Oh, right, but the hockey movie is is like a, is the one I was talking about, where it's going to be one movie, mm-hmm. but it's going to be split into two movies. That's always a bad idea. Uh, it's, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I Kill Bill to me was a massive disappointment. Yes, you know, uh-huh. but whatever. I mean, hey, good on him. Whatever he's going to do, do it. You know, and but whatever. I I liked it. I thought it was good. So I would I would recommend it and go get it on VOD. If, you know, you don't want to wait until October. Go see it in the theaters. It comes out in like three weeks. Or something. Yeah, that's right. It comes out in October. Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway. So, what so, do you want to talk about next? Sir? Well, let's do another one that we've both seen. 
what have we both seen? The Order of the Priest, not the Order of the Priest, the Priest movie. The Priest movie? Is it like it's, a Muppet movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, the, you know, <laughs> it's like the scary movie. Or... It's called Priest. There you go. Ooh. Dramatic, yeah. dramatic. I like that. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Stalling. St- stalling. Starring. Stalling. I will try to get these marbles out of my mouth. Um, okay, Mom. You know, I, I, I give him, you know, a priest and they, they don't give me nothing back, you know. Pretty much. That was a terrible impression. And I don't know if they heard it. But yeah. Okay. But... <laughs> the levels are pretty low on that one. Um, but yeah, starring Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Him of Mrs. Jennifer, whatever her name is. What? What's, his, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer? Uh, what's his wife's name? I don't know. Oscar winner. Gigantic tits. <laughs> what? Who are you talking about? Connolly. There we go. Oh, it doesn't have gigantic tits, which is a disappointment. I'm because sorry? She used to. She got a breast reduction. I'm like, why would you do that? That's ridiculous. I always just think of her as Miss Ass to Ass. <laughs> ash to Ass. That's awful. Yes, but no, she's... Okay, yes. Anyway, so Paul Bettany and Maggie Q and Carl Urban. Carl and, Urban. And uh, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer, that's what I was saying. I was and trying Cam to... Gigandet. Oh, yeah. Or Gijon Day. I have no idea. Gijon Day. I didn't say uh-huh. that name. Gijon I just say Gigandet. Okay. Well, you know what's funny to me, Carl Urban. Just it, as a digression for a little, for a minute. Well, Carl God Urban. Exactly. Carl Urban is in everything almost. It seems like it's like I see his name everywhere. He's not as if like he's a Samuel Jackson or a Sam but, Neill for a while. Right. Exactly. But he's in all these movies, and I swear to God, if you ask nine out of ten people on the street who's Carl Urban, they'd be like, I have no idea. Small mouth, kind of spiky hair. No. You know, dark hair, kind of a. Kind of darky, blondie, pinched looking almost. Yeah. You know, people be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> the guy from Red, the guy from Lord of the Rings, the guy from. Right. No, it's funny though because he's in a lot of stuff, but nobody really knows who he is as far. And maybe that's just my bias or something, but anyway. Come on. How come everybody doesn't know him from Doom? Didn't everyone see Doom? Of course they did because. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was also in that particular feature film. I didn't notice. I just remember. <laughs> you didn't know. Like, <laughs> he just blew The Rock right off the screen. Oh, no. <laughs> Who's the bigger movie star now, Dwayne? <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, the story of this uh, movie, uh, the story oh of this movie is, is that there was at one point, this is sort of an alternate universe yes, type of movie. Uh, there was a war between the vampires and the humans. There's and, always been a war between vampires. Right, but in this movie, it was a completely overt war, as opposed right. to the sort of undercover war that we've been led to believe is the truth. By who? Uh, <laughs> by the church. It plays a prominent <laughs> role in this movie. Uh, no, and then the church, uh, the, the Catholic Church, apparently. Uh, do they specify it's a Catholic church? No, no just, just the church. church. Okay. Um, they uh, create this sort of uh, A-team, if you will, oh. of priests to fight the vampires. Well, it's like a, it's like a semi, like a race, right? Like, they, like these guys have been genetically altered to fight vampires. 
Is that what it was? Because I thought it was just guys that they took as kids and just said, okay, you're going to be this priest and we're going to train you like a ninja. I think they were like altered. No, see, I didn't catch that. But whatever, anyway. Doesn't really matter. There's these guys called priests. I mean, it did, you know. They fight it, vampires. They fight vampires. Vampires and, are bad. Yeah, and, you know, priests are good. And So vampires, like, so the humans with the priests won the war against the vampires and they put them on reservations, like Indians. Um, and, and then they just went happily on their churchy way in these giant ugly cities. Which is weird because was, just to interrupt for a second, was there supposed to be some sort of nuclear apocalypse or something? Because all the cities are these walled off, uh, self-contained cities there. It was, and it was all just desert all the time. Oh, because the vampires did. Vampires. They killed the world. Vampires. Gotcha. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of those things you okay. gotta roll with. Gotcha. Continue, please. So, um, uh, so I don't know where I was. So, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, once they've won the war, they retire the priests, and then they kind of stop paying attention to the vampires on their Well, they're, they're contained within the reservations. So. Quote, unquote. Right. And uh, so they, they essentially like tell the priests to fuck off because we don't need you guys anymore. Right. And then the vampires come back. Right. Exactly. But the problem is, is that the church is saying, no, there's no vampire problem anymore. What are you talking about? There's no vampire thing going on. You guys fuck off and shut up. And then the one vampire, or vampire, the one, pri- <laughs> the one priest is like, no, I'm going to fight this vampire menace yes. because they stole my... They killed his brother. Killed my brother, right. That's his niece. Niece, right. Ooh, no spoilers here. But there is one coming up. The priest wasn't always a priest. You figure it out, people. Oh, yeah! <laughs> I, I totally <laughs> okay, see, so you've seen this movie and you, you took me a minute first. Yeah. Anyway, so... Christopher Plummer. Like how much I paid it. Right, exactly. Uh, but <laughs> Christopher Plummer plays the head of the church, and he's telling Paul Bettany, "You better not go fight those vampires that you were bred to to fight." And he's like, "I'm going to fight them anyway." He's like, "You better not do what you were meant to do." He's like, well, "I'm going to do it anyway." And he's like, "Heresy!" You know, I'm, I, that's what I didn't get. Like, well, there was a couple of things I didn't get, but like, <laughs> Christopher Plummer is basically the head of the church, and he's saying to Paul Bettany, he says. You see that there's this vampire menace, or you say that there's this vampire menace out there, that they're coming back, or they're doing bad things now, and whatever. Uh, but yet, I'm going to tell you right now, the thing, the one thing you were bred to do and, and trained to do, you better not do it. Uh, you miss the you miss the point. Oh, once again. Yes, <laughs> frequently. Oh, Jesus. You know, Phil, you, we got to have flashcards here or something. I, exactly. I you should say this now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get a cue card. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe in, in Disembodio could hold up my cue cards and be like, <laughs> boobies are cool. Yes. Except it come out, boobies are... Cool. <laughs> boobies are line. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Anyway, yes. um, no, like, I mean, that's, that's like an essential piece of storytelling. Like, any bureaucracy is comfortable and thus they don't want their comfort disturbed. They didn't want to acknowledge it. Right, but that, but okay. Okay, that's it. No, but what I'm saying is if the one guy wants to go out and, you know, cut off some vampire heads, 
Let him. Who cares? You already told the priest to suck it. <laughs> you know, so they metaphorically. Wanted to, they wanted to forget. They moved on. Okay, fine. Anyway. This is a very, obviously, an issue that me and you are not going to agree on. Which is fine, because it makes for good podcasting. <laughs> um, but Raspberry. <laughs> oh, fooey. Uh, I thought Maggie Q was good. I liked her. She was actually the one sort of actor in the movie that I was like, oh, you know, he's pretty cool. Like, Paul Bettany, I like Paul Bettany well enough, but he plays the same thing all the time. <laughs> pretty much. You know? Um, I don't know. It's, uh, to me, like, the movie, I was going along with the movie for most of it. I was like, okay, I can dig this. This is all right. You know, fighting some vampires, whatever. Vampires are mean. Go get him. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, hey, right on, dude. <laughs> but then you get to the ending. And I'm not going to give it away. But I will say um, that, my God, you never, ever do that. Never, ever do that. Unless you're making, like, Star Wars 5 and you know there's going to be yeah. a 6. Okay. You you're not, never. You're not really. Ever. You're not really. Ever. <laughs> okay. Do that. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> You're not really spoiling anything when, I, and I, I'm I'm sure I'm not really spoiling anything either. When basically, this is one of those movies that just blatantly assumes there's going to be a priest too. Right. I mean, it's so just. You know, they might as well have said at the end, priest will return in priest two. Yes. You know, it's just. You're right, though. You don't do that unless you know. Yeah. It's Lord of the Rings. Okay, <laughs> yes, there's going to be a Two Towers. Yes. It, you know, you're not going to maybe have that movie coming out <laughs> someday. But, yeah, this movie was one of those really bad, like, hey. I mean, you go along with this movie for, you know, whatever, an hour and a half, and then it just, like, flips you the bird in it's the like, last 15 minutes, and, and, like, there's absolutely no payoff, and yeah. then you get this half-assed, like, let's go get him kind of ending in yeah. like, what the fuck? Right. Let's kick ass, because that's what we do best. I, you know, I was thinking that <laughs> yeah. in my head. I was like, do I want to bring up Carpenter and go see yeah. No. But, right. You went there. <laughs> hey, you know, I got to go there. But, um, no, I, and I, I just, you could tell, too, for me at least, I could tell that this was obviously a graphic novel before it was a movie. Yes. Because there was these various gaps in sort of, like, the storytelling that it almost was like... Not that they would necessarily assume that you've read the graphic novel, but it's almost like they went, we have to cram all this stuff in yeah. to this two-hour movie, uh-huh. or whatever, hour and 45, whatever it was, and then, but so certain things got a little skipped. Yes. And I was thinking, and I knew it was a graphic novel before I saw the movie, uh-huh. and I'm going, I can really tell that's what this is, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then also, the one other thing I will say about Priest, I know we've been doing this Priest thing for a while. Um, that director, and I can't remember his name. I don't probably wouldn't even recognize if I saw it. Yeah. But he had a super boner for the motorcycles. Holy crap! There was like six scenes where all it was was just this, them just riding motorcycles it's across the desert, padding the runtime. But friend. see, that's the problem. You don't pad the runtime with bullshit like that. You pad the runtime with stuff from the graphic novel that actually make it make a little more sense. <laughs> Not in that gentleman's world. Okay, well, 
Mr. Gentleman Priest Director, please do better next time. <laughs> if there is one. <laughs> Worst movie ever I saw, mean, huh? After Legion and now Priest, I don't know if he's going to get a third Is it the same guy from Legion? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it really? He's got like a man crush on Paul Bettany. I liked Legion, actually. It was kind of dumb, but I it, liked it. Kinda. Come on. It was, like I said, it was kind of dumb, kinda. but I liked it. Kinda. Whatever. Come on. I liked you know, I've liked a lot of dumb... I liked fucking Last Boy Scout. Shut I up. I like the A-Team. Oh, now, Phil. That's too <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> My movie references have to be 22 years old. Exactly. I'm talking about Clue here, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. I think it might be time for the smoke break, I think. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back. Okay, and we're back. Well, Ooh, Phil, we are. Yes, we're back. Sorry, I got a dog. Spread. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I got a dog. <laughs> um, so, all right. Um, well, let's see. We'll do um, one or two that I have seen that were newer one, newer, not uh, new-ish. new-ish. Um, uh, I saw Jonah Hex, Josh Brolin. John Malkovich Nitch. Yes, and um, the immortal Megan Fox. Oi. Uh, <laughs> right? Well, I will say this, and honestly, I mean, this was also a graphic novel. It was made into a movie, mm-hmm. and um, it was an interesting concept, just not done, like, well. <laughs> <at all. laughs> and, you know, the thing is that uh, Josh Brolin was good in it. I thought he was a, he was a, he was a good Jonah Hex, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it just really wasn't very compelling at all, basically. And I I sound like a total like pretentious asshole when I say that. But it's like you kind of go, well, you know, it, it's just this sort of straightforward, you know, stop the villain from blowing up Washington D.C. story. <laughs> but you throw in this this thing about how uh, the the hero or anti-hero, however you want to look at it, uh, was able to speak to the dead. Yes. And it really wasn't, I don't know. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't, it was just one of those movies you watch and immediately pretty much forget, really. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was terrible, but it wasn't (laughs) really very good either. It wasn't terrible, but it was terrible. No, I wouldn't say it was terrible. I just said I didn't say it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did I say that or is it? Come on, Phil. Participate here. No, but, um, you know, it was just, it was very forgettable. I will say this, though, that I think that in this movie, finally, somebody actually used Megan Fox exactly correctly. And I will say that... Blow-up toy? What? Basically, (laughs) the only stuff that she has to do Uh is sit around in skimpy lingerie and basically look uh, tanned and uh, pretty. And, you know, that's all she has to do. And she pulls <laughs> and she a... she barely got her. She's a, she's a... In the movie, she's a hooker. I mean, she's a prostitute at a brothel. Yes. And uh, basically, it's like she has her... You could tell that, like, they could have shot her... I mean, I don't know. She has, like, three scenes or four scenes, maybe. Right. In this, like, uh, brothel or whatever. They could have all shot them all on the same day and just split them up. Yeah. I mean... She doesn't even change her lingerie. <laughs> it's like, like I said, I mean, that's the perfect role for her. You know, she just sits around looking pouty and bitchy because she's, a, you know, the prostitute with a fiery attitude. 
you know, look the heart of gold. No, no heart of gold, really. Which doesn't suit her anyway. But, um, you know, just looking bitchy and like pulling guns on people and acting like she's a badass when she's just a prostitute in an old west brothel. Okay. And the, the <laughs> one thing I did like about it was one the thing. one thing was the uh, the the president in the movie who they were trying who's trying to recruit Jonah Hex to save Washington D.C. from the Malkovichian. Yes. Was uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, who even knows who that is? You know? <laughs> like a mass, like a summer movie market is going to be like, oh, Rutherford B. Hayes. It's about goddamn time we made a movie with him in it. You know what <laughs> exactly, I mean? Exactly, yes. So, but I, I wouldn't really recommend Jonah Hex. It's one of those movies where you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a disposable movie. Yes. Which I'm surprised they got Josh Brolin to do it. Um, just because, I mean... Was, you have to remember that that movie was expected to be big. Sure, but, you know, I... It I just, don't know why, it, but it was. Well, yeah, but... I mean, I can see why they might have expected it to be kind of a bigger movie than it was. Yeah. But it was not very good. <laughs> Fair I have a, I don't have a necessarily definite thumbs down for it. Yeah. But I don't have a it, thumbs up at all. It's a it's, sideways thumb. Yes. It's in that strange middle range where you didn't yeah. quite hate it, but you don't love it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, you know, that's what I thought about Jonah Hex. So why don't you go ahead on one of yours then? We'll do. We'll go back and forth. Here. Okay. We'll do, do it round robin style. What do I want to talk about? You want to talk about how awesome I am? Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Guest stars. Yes, guest stars. Um, I will mention briefly Season of the Witch. Nixon! Um, and no, a- Nixon was not in it. <laughs> I am not a witch. <laughs> I am not a witch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Season of the Witch. Uh, strangely enough, directed by Dominic Senna. Right. How his career has gone down. I right. know, right? Yeah. Um, from Swordfish. <laughs> hey, come on. I, we, we both love Swordfish. Gone in 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> well, that might be a little different I story. do love Swordfish, but more for the uh, script than I think him. Sure. Yeah. You know, that opening, like, 10-minute, you know, three-minute speech of his. Oh, about Sugarland Express yeah. and the movies and not some, That's you know, wannabe filmmaker. Freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Season of the Witch, Nicolas Cage... And um, that guy with the funky face. Ron Perlman. Yes. Um, You know that weird looking guy? (laughs) Steve Buscemi? No. Um, So uh, those two. uh, Yeah, them. (laughs) Those guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're crusaders who have gotten sick of the crusades uh, and have deserted from the crusader army. Oh, that old potato. Or that old story. (laughs) That old potato. Um, and, uh, so they're, yes, you did. Or you started to. Um, so they're on their way home and they, they get, they, they find these, this place that has like the black plague or something really, really bad. Um, Well, uh, yeah. Or (laughs) something really bad as opposed to that not being very bad. (laughs) Okay. But, but so they go and they, they meet this, uh, archbishop or whatever bishop played by, um, Christopher Lee. And I was like, really? They got him in this movie? Um, Jeez, what did they resurrect him from the dead or what? Aww. Oh, come on. So, uh, but he's infected, and they've caught this lady who they think is a witch, um, and is responsible for the plague. But they have to take her to this abbey where they have this book of Solomon that can that can like kill witches and reverse their spells or something. I 
Um, <laughs> I can tell you were really into this movie. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, the rest of the movie is essentially just their journey. Right. With like, you know, 15 minutes after they get there. Right. Um, and so you, you're kind of left to wonder, but not really, whether the girl's a witch or not. And, um, you know, the party is thinned uh, as sure. we go along. Sure, as it is required to be by Hollywood uh, script logic or rules. Yes, and uh, and you know, suitably big climax with bad special effects and <laughs> right. Um, well, I've heard that this movie did not have much of a budget, really. Like I for a movie like that, yeah, I, I, I mean, it is pretty cheap. I mean, you know, was, I, you would think from the look of it, it was probably shot in like you know Moldova. And, you know, with some tax credits. Right. And, uh... Moldavia. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's... There's not much to it. You you put up some, you know, thatched roof huts. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And a CGI castle in the background. And right. you got a movie. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, for the <clears throat> most part, you know, they're wandering through the forest. It's just them on some horses with, a with you know, the girl in a in, on a cart. Right. Yeah. That's it. That's that's ninety percent of the movie. Nice. Nice. Um. But uh, yeah, you know, the, by the end, the actual special effect of like the bad guy is like, I think I've seen better on Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's but, weird. It, to me, it's so weird that they, you know they would look at it, like there's some movies where you look at those special effects and you go, did somebody actually look at this and go, this is great? I know. You know. Like, I have to imagine Dominic Senna going, I guess. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he's, like, sipping a freaking cocktail, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. What Why do you not? think, Nick? Great! <laughs> Nick Give Cage. me my two million bucks! <laughs> Cage is in the background going, <laughs> um, But, you know, for, for all of my gnashing of teeth over this movie, I didn't mind it. It, right. was, a, it was a thoroughly enjoyable hour and a half. Of goofiness. Well, see, there you go. That's like kind of what, kind of what I was talking about with like Jonah Hex, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm more positive on that on this movie. But, yeah, probably. Um, but. I, you know, I mean, it, it has a, a certain vibe that kind of works. It's occasionally a little bit creepy. You know, it, it for being season of the witch, it's right. it's okay. I had sure. low expectations, and they were exceeded. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> really, though, I mean, you know, I that's... mean, sometimes that's all it takes. Like, if you go in going, "Holy Jesus, what am I about to watch?" and you're like, "Oh, hey, yeah, it's hey. not that bad." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to shoot myself during exactly. this movie. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean because I mean, I've seen plenty of movies like that where yeah. it's like you go in going, "Oh Lord," and this the reverse is, is equally true. I, the most notorious one for me, okay, is the clearing with Robert uh, Robert, Robert Redford, Redford and right. Helen Marin. Mm -hmm. and uh, Willem Dafoe. And the trailer was like the best fucking thing ever. It was like, you know, orgasm in a trailer for me. I was like, <laughs> okay. holy shit, this movie's going to be so fucking good. And I watched it, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. So it was dead, like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, right. And you're just stringing it out. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, you know what my problem is? Like, I tend to go more the latter than the former where I go, Oh man, that looks cool. That looks like it could be really good, you know. And then I go, God damn it, that wasn't very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, 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 I get myself to where I'm like, Oh, cool. And then I watch it and I go, Oh man, that was, <laughs> you know, it wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. 
Like that those was, three parts I saw in the trailer were cool, but right. now I've seen them so much. <laughs> exactly. I've seen all the cool parts, damn it. Give me some <laughs> more cool parts. Um, Which is my, uh, you know, the uh, the story of my, or the title of my autobiography. Give me some more cool parts. Because you don't have a mouth. Exactly. <laughs> God was unkind to you, sir. Oh, please, come on. <laughs> this is not a video podcast, thank God. <laughs> For you. Hey. Um, so yeah, well, this that's is a my... zinger fest today. Um, so season the witch. If you've got a lazy Sunday evening, give it a whirl. Yeah, all right. I like Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah you know, it's I hard think not he... to like. Well, the, a review that I heard of, of that movie actually said that it seemed like Ron Perlman was like, and I don't know if this is true because I haven't seen it, but the reviewer was saying that. It seemed like Ron Perlman was kind of going, whoops, what did I get myself into here, kind of. <laughs> like, he didn't particularly want to, like, he wasn't really invested in it at all. Is that, he do you feel that's true? Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. I think both of them knew they were making a piece of shit. Um, and they were both suitably kind of just yucking it up. Sure. Well, hey, fair enough. <laughs> um, you know, like, hey, this is shit. Like, we gotta kill that bitch. Yeah, right? You, you know, know, hey, you know what? I'm talking about a boat payment right here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? House in Malibu. Uh, hello. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with movies like that for the most part. Yeah. Um, Suitable genre fare. Sure, sure, why not, you know? Um, I do wonder though about Dominic Cena. Didn't he? He directed uh, Training Day, right? No. Who was it that did Training Day? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But I know it wasn't him because I looked him up when I was watching this movie. Going like, isn't the little big guy? What the fuck he was he there do? for a while. Well, I mean, but Swordfish. I don't, and... I don't think he did Training Day. Maybe he did. I thought it was I. Okay, well, if you have an answer to this, we, you can, we can look it up on IMDb, or you can do it the hard way and email us at uh, canyoufbi at gmail.com. Indeed. Don't put the um in there, by the way. Um. <laughs> can you um FBI? That's not going to work. <laughs> um, so anyway, my next movie yes. is uh, a little film called Cedar Rapids. Yes, the office comedy Yes, it's uh, basically the story, which if you're listening and you haven't heard of it, you're probably not alone. Uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was there and gone. And yes. it, got a, it got some hype from what I remember as being like this sort of real, you know, this comedy that, oh man, it's, it's a great comedy and all this stuff. But then it, it came out for like a week and yeah. left. Uh-huh. Um, but it has uh, John C. Riley. Uh-huh. Um, what's the guy, uh, what's the, the, the main guy's name? I I always forget. It's not that. Jason. It's Sudeikis. No. Um, I don't know. Guy from Saturday Night Live. Um, yeah. The guy that was in The Hangover. The one that knocked his tooth out. Um, but anyway, oh, he wasn't on Saturday Night Live. I guess where? No. no? Oh, okay. Well, anyway, whatever. He was... <laughs> uh, yes, he was. No, okay. he wasn't. Okay, fine. We're going to sound like... Just... I'm going to sound like an idiot. here. But anyway... The guy from The Hangover, the dentist guy, knocked his tooth out. He's the main character. Basically what it is is he's an insurance salesman uh, who works for Stephen Root, who I love. Everybody loves Stephen Root. From, the, uh, from Office Space. He was, uh, what's his name? The, the Jimmy James! Guy. The man the, so the, nice, <laughs> he named him twice. Right, exactly. From News Radio for the uninitiated. 
but also the guy. Who, most people, I think, would probably know him from uh, Office Space as the Seymour. stapler guy. Or is that his name, Seymour? No, he's Seymour. I don't remember the the stapler guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is taking me forever to get through this. Yes, um, it is. So he Ding works. At, he he, the main character. He's an insurance salesman who works oh, for yeah. Stephen Root in this little tiny town called something weird like Brown Valley. And um, <laughs> yes, I think that's what it is. And uh, he he's never been out of this town. He's like he's never been outside of this little town, and he's this totally insulated, just like. He's never had any real experiences in his life kind of guy. And he gets the assignment to go to Cedar Rapids to go to this insurance, like, uh, salesman's conference to try and win this award uh, for, you know, excellence in insurance salesmanship or some shit. Uh, And um, he just has... John C. Riley plays this guy who's supposed to be this sort of big shot guy. But the, the conceit of the movie is they're all these little small town podunk people. Right. But they have this different, they have this the sort of view of themselves that's different. Right. And it's sort of, it's very foul mouth movie, by the way. So in case anybody's listening to this, don't watch it with your kids. <laughs> Um, and John C. Riley, or maybe is, do, uh, <laughs> or maybe do if you uh, want him to. You, you know. know, I'll never forget going to see High Tension in the theater. Right? You, did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Pretty disgusting picture. Sure. Guy behind me brought his five-year-old daughter. Oh, jeez. And about twenty minutes, like, I don't want to watch this, Daddy. And he oh. started laughing at her. I'm like, oh god, oh, really baby. great parent. Oh, parent of the year, right there. <laughs> But the thing that's odd about this movie is that, okay, I will say this right off the bat. John C. Riley is amazing in this movie. He's yeah. perfect. He is perfect in this movie. For the character that he's playing and the role he's supposed to be and whatever, he is perfect. Yes. Um, the movie goes through this very weird transition, though. Uh-huh. The first, I'm going to say, the first third is just this real comedy. Uh, you know, fairly straightforward, somewhat foul-mouthed comedy. The the middle section of the movie is really kind of dark and weird. Okay. It is. It's very. It takes this very weird turn where the main character is like smoking fucking crystal meth with a hooker and stuff. It's okay. It's weird. And then the second half or the third act or the third section, I guess you could say. Is sort of a semi-predictable, you know, everybody, you know, comes out on top kind of thing. Except for the people that shouldn't and blah, blah, blah. Right. It was, there was some stuff in it that was hilarious. And I will say this. John C. Riley was really funny. And Anne Heche is in it. Yeah. As another insurance salesperson. Uh-huh. And I will say person. Uh, and was very good in it also. Um, uh, Sigourney Weaver's in it. Really? Yep. I might have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, she's uh, she plays uh, what's his name? And oh, God, this is killing me. I can't remember this guy's name. The guy from The Hangover is the main character. He, he <laughs> plays as I have mentioned, obviously more than one. Um, it's she plays like his sort of girlfriend in this town he's from. Okay, it's really odd. And she apparently was his like high school one of his high school teachers. 
and they end up hooking up way later on. <laughs> okay. I think you would actually really like her in this movie. She's good in the movie. She's always this, good at comedy. The thing is, is that the, the performances in this movie are very, very good. Yes. Uh, I can't think of one that I thought was not good, actually, now that I think about it. But the movie itself is very uneven. The tone of it just goes so far up and down. <laughs> really. And it... I, th- I think it's supposed to be one of these movies where it's like, oh, this outrageous comedy. But then you kind of go, well, then a lot of this is not as comedic as maybe they thought it was. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I don't know. I, I would say so it's watch not it. supposed to play like the trip into town from Wet, Wet Hot American Summer. No, <laughs> oh, if like only. In, in 30 minutes, they do like a year as drug addicts. Well, in a way, it sort of does play that way a, a yeah. little bit. But... It's it, it actually that's a pretty apt comparison because he goes into the town and he sort of freaks out, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's just uh, it's it's uneven. But I will say this: I will say it's a watch it. It's a I recommend it. Yeah. Um, mostly on the fact that the performances are all very good. Right. And there are some very very funny bits in it. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to say. Watch it. You might not like it, but I thought it was pretty good. Not what I was expecting necessarily. Yeah. But, you know, there you go. Uh-huh. I've got two more that I'd like to talk about. One, first, is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Fabulous! Sorry. I like that movie. Good. Um... <laughs> there we go. Done and done. <laughs> um, no, like... Uh... Yeah, I, 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 I go back and forth on this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I think, like, some parts of it, I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Like, oh my God, that's so funny. Yada, yada, yada. I love it. But then there were other times where I'm like, really, guys, that's like a step too far. Yeah. I mean, the, the movie, you know, like, um, what's his name? Kieran Culkin, I think. Yeah. Best part of the movie. He was great. Funny as shit. He was great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some of the other stuff I liked, I liked, uh, you know, most of the ex-boyfriends were pretty funny, you know, Chris Evans. And, Chris Evans was good. And I liked um, um, Brandon Roth. <laughs> he was the vegan, vegan, Mr. Vegan or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. You get your vegan powers revoked. <laughs> um, but by the end, and maybe it has something to do with Jason Schwartzman because I don't like Jason Schwartzman. But by the end, I was like, I've had enough. Stop it with the coins falling from space. Stop it with the 9,000 points. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. I mean, it just took the concept too far at certain points, especially by the end. At the end, I did, I will say that it did get a little bit um, over the top with it a little bit. I mean, obviously the whole movie is a little over the top. Yeah. But But some of, what what I mean is some of it works better than others. Sure, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, that's the same thing with anything, really. But at the same time, I I get what you mean. I did like, um, I really did like when they would, and it's an odd effect to sort of, to to try and relate audio, audioly, orally, uh, orally, orally. Anyway, um, it, you know, when they would have like the, the dialogue sometimes kind of, like come out of the the screen at the at the viewer. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting touch, you know. Yeah, 
I don't know. I'm of two minds about it. Like I, I, I enjoyed watching it, but at the same time, I, I turned around and I was like, that was that was overdone. That was that was just too much. Yeah, it probably was overdone, but that's almost kind of the reason I liked it is because they went, you know what? We're gonna do it this way. Let's just do it, you know, yeah. this way. Well, and and maybe I give that movie a little bit of slightly more credit than. I would necessarily yeah. because I've heard a bunch of interviews with Edgar Wright, uh-huh. and he is a wildly entertaining guy. <laughs> I'm serious. If you can find an interview with him online somewhere or whatever, listen to I've, it. The I've guy, seen it. I've seen it. the guy is like wildly entertaining to me. The one thing I will say about that movie is that is that it was also kind of, um, it's Michael Sarah's shtick running a bit thin. You know, this is like the fifth yeah. movie where he's played that same... That same guy, basically. That talks the same way, that says yeah. things, you know. And he every, dresses the same way, yes. and he and acts. And I'm like, oh, Nick and Nora's, you know, infinite playlist. Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, no. in revolt. I mean, come on. Get up, get past this. Do something new. I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And Michael Sarah, he is Michael Sarah. I mean, that's who he is, and that's it. Kinda. Yeah. Um, I think that... Uh, I think it was a fun movie, though. Personally, I th- I watched it and I was like, "That was cool." I mean, I had it was a fun movie to watch. Yeah, you know, and um, the uh, who was the girl that was the ex girlfriend, the one girl that she like did, that he fought. Oh, the yeah, uh, the band, the girl in the band. In the band, yeah. she made me laugh for some reason. I don't know why. Really, she? Yeah. Had, I thought she had like six lines. Or something. Yeah, it wasn't big part. Of, it wasn't. It was by far probably the smallest of the, you know, parts of the. Her and, and uh, I like knives. Knives was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I enjoyed the movie, and I think you're right, though. The best part of that movie, the best portrayal of an actor or a role in that movie, was by far Karen Culkin. He was awesome in that movie. Yep. He and it's funny because just because he's in that movie, he would never like win a Golden Globe or something <laughs> like that. But he was great in that movie. Yeah. And it's funny because I was watching it going, it's Kieran Culkin. He's that <laughs> little kid. Not not Macaulay Culkin. I know who I'm talking about here. Yes. But he was in some movie when he was a little kid, too. He's been in lots. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, you know, he's playing this weird gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. He's weird. <laughs> okay. Anyway. He's Igby Goes Down. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, I did. I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I per- okay. I'll shut up. <laughs> Being that this is an audio podcast, I will keep my mouth shut, Phil. Thank God, and the levels on this just <laughs> flew through the roof. By the, everybody's tuning in, like by the like it's ripping across the internet. Amos is quiet. Listen to Phil. Listen to Phil. Amos is shutting up. Finally. Oh God, he's still talking. Oh, no. You can tune off now. Okay, tune it <laughs> off. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, did you have another one you wanted to do? I, you know what? I think I'm out, Phil. I think okay. I. Uh, I th- well, I did. I saved this for last, just because I thought it was the most fun and weird topic. Oh, I do have one more. Oh. Anyway, I'll run through it really, really quickly. Speaking of Culkins, I watched Uncle Buck. Not as cheery of a movie as you might think it would be, and that's the end of my review. You're crazy, man. It is a cheery movie, but when I watched it. I wanted to punch that chick in the face the whole time. Which chick? The daughter. The older daughter. Oh, yeah. Duh. That's well, I mean, that's the point. But yeah. maybe she played that part too well. <laughs> I liked the two little kids, and I liked Uncle Buck, 
Everybody else I wanted to kick in the nuts, even if they didn't have any. I know, right? <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> um, no, okay. So my last one was uh, I sat, I, for some reason, I was watching something else on Hallmark. And they were like, tonight on Hallmark, Swiss Family Robinson. And I was like, holy shit, I haven't seen that movie since I was like 11. Yeah. I'll so I recorded all fucking three hours of Swiss Family Robinson. Is it that long, really? It's, I, could, it's I didn't remember. two it was and like, a half, yeah. Two? It was a two-taper, if I remember. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. wow. Um, like Braveheart? Yeah, exactly. I still have my two-taper Braveheart. <laughs> I do. Um, so, a Swiss Family Robinson. I was watching that, and I was thinking, you know, like, I've mostly forgotten this movie, but now that I think about it, like, this movie had a big effect on me as a kid. Like, really? Looking at what that movie is and my interests later on, and I'm like, I'm like, did that come from this movie? Like Cutthroat Island, right? Yeah. yeah. But um, I was like, I just sat there going, it's weird how much this movie kind of mirrors what I like to learn about in life. You know? I was like, Ooh. it's weird. I have a kid's movie, and I was sitting there going, like, this is a really great kid's movie, and it's perfectly done you know i mean hey it's 1962 so it's got all that weird shit in there you know racial yeah weirdness yeah the the asian pirates is uh more than a little bit of a stereotype and probably (laughs) more than a little bit probably played by a white guy um we we were just (laughs) talking about stereotypes earlier but okay (laughs) go ahead i'm not gonna interrupt anymore but no I, i i think it's i think it's good to to sit down and revisit those things that you loved as a child because you will see things in yourself from those movies. Sure. No, I totally agree with you on that. I do. Um, it, you know, I, we, we just had this conversation earlier before we went on, the, before we started recording about how I went back and watched a movie that I hadn't seen in a long time and I went, really? Wow. Um, I totally missed parts of that. Like, I will watch movies sometimes that I really liked as a kid that I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. And there's there will be parts... That like you went, oh man, when I was a kid, I I just didn't, I missed that part. Like I didn't <laughs> get it because it's a kind of a little bit more adult thing. Yeah. Or you go, oh well, you know, I really like this. So now let's see, what do I like now? Oh, I can see sort of where that, you know, yeah. seed germinated a little bit, you know. Uh-huh. I haven't actually seen Swiss Family Robinson in, since I was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. 300 I don't, years I don't ago. Know, I, I don't know anybody who's seen that movie in 20 years. You know well, I mean? anybody who's watching the Hallmark. Apparently. You know? <laughs> but um, but I, was, I was like, I, I was just kind of amazed that I still love that movie so much and could see so much of you know, myself in it. Right. I was like, holy shit, this is just a movie. But, well, no, I mean, you know, but, but I mean, movie, though. you know, when I was a kid, I loved it. Swiss family Robinson. That's funny because, you know, and, and not to say that it's weird that you liked it, but like it's funny because I think that for the most part, we have very similar tastes in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously, you know, one of the things we became friends over was these sort of oddball movies that we both liked. Right. And I was never really that into it. Like, I was sort of like, eh. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. Know? But I think everybody's actually seen it at one point or another. Sure. But it's like sound I, of music. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I was just sort of like, eh, you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I, I was, you know, I was big on that stuff when I was a kid. Choose your own adventure books. I loved adventure anything. Sure. Indiana Jones, all that stuff. Sure. This was very in that vein. Oh, sure, yeah. 
No, maybe but at I, a jungle. For some reason, find... I think it, it, all those 50s and kind of 60s kids movies, they all resonate. I remember them all. Like really? Like Knobs and Broomsticks and Mary Poppins. And really? All of them. They're all still in my head, like almost from beginning to end. Really? Because, see, those were the kind of movies that I was never really into. And I loved I, But it's so weird, though, because me and you, like – we went from so different, like, you're talking about Bedknobs and Bruce Six and, and, you know, Mary Poppins and stuff like that. Stuff that I didn't particularly like when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And then, but yet we still, oh, guest star, be quiet. Um, <laughs> but yet we both ended up somehow at Clue and, <laughs> you know, at, uh, you know, uh, Soap Dish. And, yeah. and it's weird. It's like, who knows how it happens. But at the same time, you know, it's very a different view on where you came from when it comes to stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, well, but it, I mean, it's, I think it, it kind of, I have kind of a, and I don't know if maybe this, using this word's kind of loaded, but it's a romantic sensibility sure. where, you know, you want that kind of like, oh, it's sweeping me away. Sure, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, you know, and it's like, you this sort of, even when it comes to like, I think that's in a way why a lot of people like some of the, you know, why pirate movies were were so popular and that now arguably are. Right. Uh, when it's like this sort of swashbuckling and, you know, yeah. we're going to go rescue the maiden from the evil pirate and all yeah. this stuff, you know. Um, and I mean, I totally get that. And, uh, you know, a lot of the newer movies that are able to evoke it, I really like. Like, um, what was the Jim Caviezel movie? Um, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> No, with uh, Luis Guzman as like an Italian. Um, <laughs> wow, um, Alexander Dumas. What the fuck? The, not the Man in the Iron Mask. Not the not the, the three Count Muslims of Monte Cristo. Yeah, there. okay. I was thinking. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I mean, that movie is like a perfect example of what a, what kind of those adventure movies used to look like. Sure. Like I and yeah, like I watched that movie and I, I you know I read the book or whatever and I'm like oh my god I can see that written on you know a sure. page from 1876 like sure. that kid like crying at his birthday party because the guy said something so nice to him I'm like right that's perfect yeah no I know what you mean the thing is that's funny though is that they don't really make movies like that anymore except for every once in a while and when yeah. they do. They tend to not do so well. Because I can't remember that The Count of Monte Cristo did very well. It did, actually. Did I it? mean, it was a solid, you know, double. Okay. But, I mean, th- those are the type of movies. And I'm not talking about real specifically that genre of, like... Well, and, and see, here's the thing. Maybe maybe it's... I, I think the, the, the disconnect is, is that a lot of those movies are so innocent people have a hard time connecting. Sure. They're not them. cynical enough. Right. Yeah. They, no. and, and that's what I like. I, oh, sure. I, I, I get so much cynicism every day that sometimes sure. it's nice to just sit down and be like, this is so innocent and it's sure. so straightforward and I love it. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I really do. I mean, that's why like movies like, um, oh, geez, I'm trying to think of a good example here, but like, okay, like say for a movie like, um, and I don't know why I just pulled this reference, a movie like, you remember that movie Shoot 'em Up? Yes. It was supposed to be sort of ironic and whatever, and it was so cynical, and that yes. was the point and all this stuff. I kind of went, you know, I just, I, I've had enough, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. sometimes I'm in the mood for that kind of thing. Right. Sure. I mean, everybody is sometimes, especially uh-huh. people like our age and even younger. But 
every once in a while you just want to watch like an adventure movie and like right. uh, like like Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. That's I think that's probably a big thing for that too. It's like it's an adventure, you know, yeah. and it's not like Indiana Jones against the world. It's Indiana Jones fighting bad guys. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. I totally get that. <laughs> I do. There's something nice about it, and you know, yeah, really, no, I, I, I it's my advice: revisit those childhood favorites. Sure. And see, what, the funny thing about that is, for me personally, uh-huh. is that my childhood favorites were all these goofball movies. Like, <laughs> and okay, and this may be partially why I got to where I got to, and whatever. <laughs> but my my childhood movies were not necessarily Swiss Family Robinson or or something like that. My childhood movies were like Ghostbusters yeah. and like Real Genius and like just goofy shit, you know. See, I don't. I I think. <laughs> I don't know, in some quirk of my upbringing, I had all those too, but for some reason, in my head, they've all receded. Yeah. Like, all those all those movies that I loved as a kid, like Jurassic Park and Ghostbusters and all that stuff, I, I like, they're almost totally gone. Like, I, I can't remember them at all. Like, I remember the stuff I really loved, like Clue. Sure. But it's, it's these kind of movies, like Swiss Family Robinson, that stick in my head. Because, Phil... You are optimist at heart, my man. I think I am. Yeah. And that's good. You know what movies <laughs> stick in my head? Fight Club. <laughs> Leaving Requ- Las Vegas. Le- Requiem for a Dream. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> There's a... The darkest, grimmest <laughs> shit you ever seen. Robocop 2. Oh. Not Robocop. Robocop 2. Oh. Irvin Kirshner, thank you. I know. No. It's like the most nihilistic movie ever Oh my made. god, yeah. We probably we, we mentioned talked. that, but oh yeah. But that yeah, movie I mean, is just awful. There's no. something nice. No, you're right. But I, and, and for me, there's a lot. Of, there are some movies that, from like my same when I was a kid and stuff like that, oh. that... Still are stick with me a lot, but there are other movies that I remember really liking that I have caught here and there, whatever. And I go, why did I really like this that much? I mean, <laughs> well, really, sure. I mean, you know, I can remember watching like Howard the Duck every fucking time it was on the TV. Now I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thanks. But, no, I know. And um, you know, certain movies stick with you, and it, and it, it. I don't know if it necessarily is like a. Uh, 100% indicator of your personality or your thought process or whatever it is. But you can definitely sort of see a through line for a lot of people with yeah. the movies that, like, if you ask somebody their top five movies, and for you and me, that would probably be hard because we have so many movies that we really like. Well, you know what's so funny, though, is while these, I think, are really in there at the, at the you know, at the core of my childhood of what I really loved, you know, top ten movies, they're all going to be like, Sure. Black, 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 black. <laughs> right. like Blade Runner, Alien, I'm right, like, you yeah. know, The Thing, yeah. Halloween. I'm like, well. No, but what, <laughs> but yeah. I love Swiss Family Robinson. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I know what you're saying, though. There's two separate sort of like levels there where it's like um, if you ask somebody their, their favorite movies, you don't necessarily always get the movies that sort of influence that the way they the want to right, watch movies. Or mean the most to them. Right. Yeah. Because you know what? There's movies like that I have seen that really sort of influence the way that I watch movies or that I think about movies or I just sort of think about things in general in a way. And I know that's maybe overstating it a little bit. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily put all those movies in my top five movies. Right. You know, they're uh-huh. just there. Uh-huh. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I totally understand but, I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what I mean. It's like, there, you know, for me, like, what, revisiting Swiss Family Robinson, I, I, I kind of recalled how much of a building block at some sure. point in my life it was. Well, everybody, you know, anytime I ever hear, a, a, like, an interview or something like that with, with uh, like, say, a director or whatever, they always say that. You know, it's like, well, you see these movies when you're a kid, and they sort of influence you think, oh, that's movies, and that's Hollywood, and that's whatever it is, What no matter what kind of movie it is. Right. You go, oh, well, that, there you go. That's what, that's movies, you know, right. with a capital M kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? And um, I just hope that, uh, <laughs> you know, we won't be sitting here in 20 years have, listening to a podcast about somebody who was like, you know this pivotal core movie that I watched was Fight Club or whatever. It's a great movie, but you know you don't necessarily want that to be the building block that you go from <laughs> as a seven-year-old or something. Exactly. <laughs> and my mom and dad. I mean, they, that was a seminal moment for me. But when I was, you know, seventeen. Exactly. Yeah. And my mom and dad let me watch R-rated movies. You know, sure. when I was a kid, they were not censored. They weren't censoring me very. Very I, much. I, I will remember to the day I die seeing Thelma Louise when I was 10. Yeah. Well, I remember, <laughs> how weird is this? I went to go see Showgirls for the first time that I ever saw it with my mom and my stepdad. Oh, I don't think I would have done that. And, that was it. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing that was funny about it, though, was that my mom was not like... I mean, she wanted to see it because she thought it looked really weird and like goofy right. and whatever. Uh-huh. And um, I made this comment. We're riding, you know, we're driving home, and it's my mom and my stepdad. And I said, you know, I, honestly, and I know it's this big cult movie. I'm probably gonna get killed for this or whatever. <laughs> but I was not a fan of Showgirls at the time. Yeah. Later on, I kind of went, okay, I can sort of appreciate the camp and the weirdness. But at the time, I went, you know what? And I told this to my mom. Uh-huh. I said. You know, if that much nudity can't really keep the attention and or interest of a, whatever I was, 18-year-old guy, then you know it's really not that good of a movie. (laughs) And my mom was like, you know what? That's a good point. She didn't say, hey, you know, watch your mouth Uh or whatever. And so, you know, I I think it's good to be able to see all these various (laughs) things. But you don't want to sit there and go, you know what my building blocks and my fucking movie foundation were was fucking, you know... Requiem for a dream. <laughs> and, you that know, would be a pretty dude. grim life. Yeah, exactly. S to S. And on that note, maybe we should go. <laughs> we went a little over on this one, but we I did. thought it was good. I enjoyed this it, episode, Phil. I thought it was very product, productful. Productful. Indeed, sir. Yes. Okay, well, um, you can always contact us, always, because it never closes, at... Uh, canufbi at gmail.com we do have our facebook page still we have two facebook pages one's a group and one's a something else <laughs> seriously it's weird i don't know exactly like what it is or something yeah Isn't yeah that what you were saying? it's yeah. like a bit one's a business and one's a group so whatever you can always find them on can can you fucking believe it um on facebook uh anything else uh well once again as the joke always goes you can call me on my cell phone if you want to. Because <laughs> half of you people probably already have my number anyway. Indeed. So, anything else to add, Phil? Uh, no, sir. All right. Well, then, you know the drill. Take us out. Can you fucking believe it?